Gemara's Mitzvah Shabbos Parshas Bolok, and um, and we're learning in the schus of our learning, Mitzibat Fila. Sorry, Teira Berabim. We should have a a Yeshua because of all those people in that building in in Miami. Amen. Um, so the Gemara is is referring to that pasuk Lechem Abidim Achalish. We had different views as to what Lechem Abidim is. So we say Lechem Abidim Achalish. We're now yeah, saying a new shot. Yeah. Doesn't okay. mean Lechem. Yes, yes. Uh, everybody okay. can please okay. mute themselves. When I, leave, when I leave, listen, listen to me and look at this. They can. Everyone can mute themselves, please. So we. Uh, okay, good. Um. So we said before that it means lechem that get absorbed in all of the limbs, in all of the avarim, or lechem like the malachim eat. Now we're giving a new pshat. That avirim is a Yeshua. That is a Yeshua. She yodad leimon keneged kol Yisro. Now we go on mute. Somebody still could please mute themselves. Um, it's referring to Yeshua. You put on Yeshua was there waiting at the foot of the mountain for Moshe Rabbeinu. And um, and therefore we're talking about him that he had his own man. Here it says ish uksiv hasam, and there it says kach lechaz Yeshua benun asheruach ish asheruach boy. That you should appoint for yourself that Moshe Ben was told by Hashem appoint Yeshua benun a person that has a spirit. Says the Gemara at ish we find another pasuk that says the word ish and it's referring to Moshe Rabbeinu. In fact, when Yisrael met Moshe, there also we find the word Ish, and then we decided that because it says that the Ish bowed down to the other one was Moshe. So maybe Ish over here refers to Moshe Rabbeinu as well. We find the positive that Moshe Rabbeinu was most humble. So we answer, when we make Xer Shava, we like to learn Xer Shava like to like. Ish mi Ish. It says by Yeshua, describes Yeshua as an Ish, and the Pasig here by the man, it says Ish. The ain't done in ish me ish, but the pasuk where it describes Moshe Rabbeinu as being the most humble person, it says veha ish. Says the Gemara, something we already learned previously, just yesterday, but the Gemara says it as the students were having a discussion with Rabbi Shimon Yechai. Shalu Tamidim of Shimon Yechai, the Tamidim were asking of Shimon Yechai, Why is it that the man didn't come down to the Eden? Every single day they had to go out there to get the man. It was difficult. As we learned before, they're always apprehensive. Will there be month tomorrow or not? So why did it come down every single day rather than once a year? Amalehem, he said to them, I'll give you an example so you'll understand. What can you compare this to? A human king, he has a single child. He, obviously, the father provides for the child. Once a year, the son would come to the father and collect money for the entire year. He would visit his father only once a year. Ahmad, he stood up. He stood up. The father has decided, you know what? I'm going to give him food every day, just enough for that food. And you know why? Because this way I'll see my son every day. And he was visiting his father and I every day. So to the Eden. Someone had four or five sons. He was worried, and he would say, won't have month tomorrow. Now, interesting, even though if he had no children, he would also be concerned, because what's he going to eat tomorrow? The but a parent worries about, more about children than about themselves. The question was not about the man, not about the Anana Kovod. 
That was Sorry? every day, but the man could have been there every every month or every every six months. The man was the daily. He's not really answering the question. I'm sorry. The man, the man was daily. And the question is, why did the man have to come down daily? He could have come down once a year. I understand, but the question with the 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 the, the, the Moshe was the, the father and the child seeing him every day. But I'm just saying to you that there was always, even though the, the, the father didn't see the child every day, there was a I don't know. It's not a good. It's not a good muscle because the, I don't know. Covid was there. In any case, even whatever the man can, whenever yeah, the man, you cannot. You cannot live off the Naniya cupboard. You need food. And um, a Naniya cupboard was a luxury. It was a necessity. The man, because the man came every single day, therefore the Eden every day were davening to Hashem to make sure it comes the following day. So there was a relationship. What's davening? Davening is a connection between us and Hashem. And this is one of the reasons why it came on a daily basis. So there should be a strong relationship between us and Hashem. That's how we daven every day. We should have a connection. Um, I mean, just try to remember when your kids are overseas, when would they call you up when they need money? So um, this is how it, it usually is. So that's why they should made it that every single day we have to dive into Hashem or we we have the month. So we can uh, we were worried that we won't have tomorrow. So they have to believe and and They were always thinking about Hashem. That's reason number one. Reason number two, another reason. If they, it was given once a year, it wouldn't be fresh. Well, warm of him could mean either literally warm or fresh. But if it's on a daily basis, it is fresh. A third reason is, if they had to travel and carry a year's supply of food, it would be quite cumbersome. This way, they only had to worry about a daily supply of food, or on Fridays, a double, and that's it. On Yom it was three. In fact, one of the Rishonim asked a question. I can't remember if it was Rishonim or the early Achronim, that on Shabbos we have Lecha Mishnah because on Friday we get a double portion. So we have two loaves of bread to remind us that on Friday we got a double portion. So he asked the question, by Yom Tif, we should have three chalas. Because if Yom Tif, for example, fell out on a Sunday, they would get on Friday a triple portion, because the man, according to one opinion, did not fall on Yom Tov either. So on Friday, they would have gotten their Friday portion, the Shabbos portion, and the Sunday portion. So how come when Yom Tov, at least when it falls out on the Sunday, we don't have three chalas at the table? And it remains with the question. Okay, anyway, so because we didn't want to load them up too much, it'd be too difficult and cumbersome. So Gemara relates the story with Parhoi, talking about the man, and the elders were all sitting they were all sitting there and they were discussing this, the, this parsha of the man. They were sitting in between them. So he, so he um, said, and he said, I want you to know that the man, that the man that went to Eden was such a great pile, was 60 amas high. 60 amas high. You know, they were piled on top of each other, layer upon layer upon layer, and that's how high it reached. As we'll soon see, the nations of the world were able to see it. And on my Lord, Abtafer, Abtafer said, Moidoi. He called him by his name, Moidoi. When you pile up things like straw, or maybe you you say things that have absolutely no basis in anywhere. On what basis do you say that the moon was piled up so high, 60 amas high? 
And this makes the Gemara very difficult because before we were learning that everybody in the Mon, you know, exactly how many children they had and so on, you know, and, and uh, so how did they know which was theirs? It, came, it seems from here that the Mon itself miraculously became as many as there were people in the house. When they brought her home, they only found out how many portions. Remember yesterday we learned that the Mon would tell them uh, the slave who it belonged to or uh, of who committed the uh, adultery. It, because not while they went to get the money, they were able to discern which was theirs or not. It's when they brought her home and suddenly they counted and they saw how many portions there were. Because each portion was an oymen, so they saw how many oymen there were. And they were able to know then how many people belong in this household. Amala, he said to him, he said to him, I'm not making it up. It goes as follows. By the Mabel, we learned, by the Mabel, we learned that 15 Amas, the water was 15 Amas above. Now, if you take it literally, it sounds like anywhere in the world where you were, 15 Amas above the ground was where the water was. So if you were in a valley, 15 Amas above that was the water ended. If you were in a flatland, 15 Amas above that. And if you're in a hill, 15 Amas above that. The mountain, 15 Amas above that. Now, how's that possible? Water flows, doesn't stand in one place. And eventually covered the mountains as well. You'll take it literally. So with 15 Amas in the valleys, and Chomesh Eser Baharim, and 15 Amas on top of the mountain, where the water is like in rows. So here, you know, it's it, it, impossible. The water is all at the same level. And furthermore, if it was so, how in the world did the Teva, did the Ark, get to the top of the mountain Ararat? Well, it must be that the water started from the bottom and filled. When we're saying 15 Amas above, we mean 15 Amas above the mountain. All the water, the spring waters from under opened up and they filled the water below, the world below. Add the, the ash until the water reached the level of the peak of the mountains. And then another 15 Amas above the mountain, the water then continued to, to, to strengthen. So therefore, the rain was a curse, it was 15 Amas above the, uh, the, the mountain summit. So which one do you think Hashem is more gracious and more magnanimous? When it comes to give us charitable, he's charitable to us, punish us. How the aim is surely Good. In fact, we learn out that's 500 times better. Now, what happened by the Mabul? Hashem opened up the windows. And it says in plural, Hashem opened the windows. And and then so there were two windows, and Hashem opened it up and gave you 15 amas of whatever Hashem was giving, providing it was water. The middle table, and when it comes to a, a good deed, there it says that uh, that he instructed over there in the Shemaim heaven, and he opened the doors of the heaven. So now we're not talking about windows, now we're opening doors. And he started to rain down the mon, and he gave them to eat uh, grains from Shemaim. So we're talking about doors. So by the, by the marble, there were, it were windows, two windows, and here were two doors. How many windows fit on a door? Um, so Kama Rubis how many windows fit into one door, single door? Arba, we learned in the mission of four. So there are four windows in a single door. That means there are eight windows in two doors. Arba, Arba, Harikan, Shemaim, the total of eight. 
So therefore, it's four times as great as it was at the Mabel. There were two windows there, and it reached 15 amas above the mountain. So here, there were eight doors, four times as great. So therefore, it must be reached 60 amas above the ground. Nimtza Monshi Yolim Yisrael, the one that, um, that, was, uh, that fell down to Eden, that rained down to Eden, Gavoya Shishim Amal, was 60 amas tall. Time we learned, Isa ben Yudayim, Isa ben Yudayim says, Monshi Yolim Yisrael, it was Gabir Ba'il, it was so high, of all the kings, all the families, they, they were all families from east and west. Notice that Shemar says, Tadrich Lefanai Shulchan, I want you to set up for me a table, Neget Tzorik, against all my oppressors. Let them see what's going on. It continues over there um, in the Pasuk that says also Koisirovoya, the next Pasuk. So we're just digressing for a minute. Mamina Kosa de David, Alma Dosi, in the world to come, the case of David will be the, 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 the numerical equivalent of Ravoya. May Mosan the Esin Vechad Loiga, 211 Loig. Shenemer Machzik, that's how big the couple is. It says, Koisi, my couple be Revoya. And Revoya, Begimatri Hochabi, Revoya equals 200 and Yudas 10. And then five, um, 221. Okay, sorry, 221. Says the Gemara, um, how can you compare the mon, which took a minute to fall down, versus the flood that lasted for 40 days and 40 nights? So because the flood lasted so long, therefore it piled up 15 hours. But if you work out, calculate the mon, which is only one minute, and the ratio of that to 40 days, it should have been or even one hour, let's say, it should have been as night as the Tosi Shani make, it, it makes all these calculations. It's a 960th, so uh, it, it would be much smaller. But, the flood was 40 days, one hour. So you would think that the man would be much lower. That's what the Yorah seems to be saying. Then, there the entire world was covered with the rain, except maybe Israel, as we learned in Gemara Zavachim. But here is only limited to the Jews. So here the Taisi Shana explains. Because it's only limited to the Eden, and the entire area of the Eden was 12 mil by 12 mil. So if you map the calculation, you'll see that the pile by the Eden should have been much greater and much higher than 60 amas. You make a calculation, you, you divide by 960, and then you work out the, the, the length and the breadth of the world. And the, and the, the ratio of 12 mil is, to, if we be the same amount, we will be a lot more than 60 amas high. The nofesh l'tfei will be a lot greater. So we answered Rabbi Lozer Hamadoi Psicha Psicha Gomer. Rabbi Lozer Hamadoi says that just like over there by the windows, it uses the word expression "open up," which is Psicha, and for the two windows. So the, by the man also it says the expression that he opened up Dalsa Shemayim Pasach. We have the same word "opening up." So therefore, it must be that a four times as great as the window, because remember each door has four windows, two doors. So it's four times as great as what happened at the Mabul. Now we go back to Yom Kippur. So the Gemara says, because we learned in the Mishnah that you're not allowed to eat or drink, and for that is usher from the Torah, and you get karis, so to work. Then there's five other inuyan. And these, uh, there's, there's a total of five. So there's four other inuyan, things that you have to deny yourself. According to many Rishonim, those are only Madurabanan. That's why we have so many exceptions. According to some Rishonim, including the Ran here in the back of the Gemara, it's from the Torah. All the other inuyan are also from the Torah. The question is, how do we know this? We already know how we know you're not allowed to eat because as Vadi Sanefer, something that brings you to, 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 if you deny yourself, you will eventually die. But with these other Inuyim, these the, the things that we're depriving ourselves and we're afflicting ourselves, how do we know which ones they are? Says the Gemara, um, I'll tell you how, first of all, how do you get the number? Hanicham, can me. These five Inuyim, can me. 
In fact, this is one of the, the proofs that the Rishayim bring. It's only with the Rabbanon because it says connected me. Normally, if it's from the Torah, you would say Minolon. How do you know? Or Minayin. Here it says connected me, corresponding to what? In other words, it's only with the Rabbanon, but still the Rabbanon like to relate it to the Torah. Five times it says the word inisim in the Torah, even though, as, as Tracer points out, there's a sixth time where it says, that isn't a commandment. It says that you're getting punished because you didn't deny yourself. But five times it says, so therefore we know there are five different kinds of afflictions that one has to endure on your, on your Kippur, but there's only, again, it's only in a smach, it's only Rabban. And he brings the Pesukim here, they're either in Pinchas, Emmer, or in Pasha's Achri. These are five psukim that begin with these words. And each pasuk it says an instruction, you should deny yourself. Says the Gemara, but if you look in our Mishnah, there isn't five. In the Mishnah, we find our six. Answers the Gemara. Drinking is included in eating. The Amar Shlokish says, How do you know drinking is included in eating? In other words, when, when it says you're not allowed to eat, it doesn't mean it's, it's only eating, it's also including drinking. How do I know that? Shanemar says that the you know, what do you do with your maise, with your first crop? You take it and you exchange it for money, and they take this money, you go to your shalayim, and there you buy food. And you sit and celebrate your Shalayim. And the Pasik says, what kind of food should you buy with this money? First, it describes activity is eating. And it says, the maaser of your wheat, your grain, which we translate as wine, and your oil. So therefore, it says the Pasik, is known as wine. And and it says, you should eat. So it's clearly, even though the title uses the expression eating, means wine. So drinking is included in eating. Who told you that you decided that Tirish means wine and therefore you say means to eat and drink is included. Maybe we're talking about over here that you put some kind of a mixture, it's a food, that you add wine to it, but nevertheless it's really a food as we'll soon see. And um, and therefore it, it, it's considered eating, but drinking, purely drinking is not eating. So how do you know that it's also from the territory? Why does the mission only count five what is a nigrain? We had maya, the silk, or this is beetroot bush, beetroot water, but add some wine to it. Maybe it's like, you know, gazettes to bush, they would let it ferment, add some wine. And, and it's, so it's a food. It is a food. Or akasiglin. What's akasiglin? It's also a, a liquid, but that's you cook vegetables and that, and the liquid became very heavy. And that's called akasiglin. Maya, the kulishalaki. Anything else you cook in the water, if it's very thick broth, is, is, but that's why it's called eating because it's actually like a food. So I'll tell you how I know. It says, what do you do with the money? It says, but you, so before the posse was just saying that you bring your, this is what you give Maisa Shani from. Your grains, well, we've, we're debatable whether it's wine or not, and your oil. Now we're saying, so you, you convert it into cash, into money, and you're taking the money to line, what you do with that money? You can buy whatever you want, cattle, sheep, wine, uva sheikher. Now, sheikher itself sometimes means beer, usually it means wine, and sheikher would mean old wine. So if you have yayin and sheikher in the same pasuk, we would translate yayin as newer wine, and sheikher is older wine. So you say, yayin of a sheikher. Says so we see clearly what do you do with wine you drink and yet the trader says um the trader says 
and the Torah refers to it as eating. And therefore, we see clearly from here that wine is considered eating as well. Says Gemara, because the previous passage says, whatever you do with my Hashem, you eat. Says Gemara again, Memai, who told you that over here, when it says over here in the passage, it means straight wine. Maybe it's talking about that you, you, it, it's, a, it's, it's a wine that you added to this uh, beetroot juice and that's very, very thick and it's, it's a food. Says Gemara, how can you say that? Sheikhar Kosov. We did the meshak, it has to be something intoxicating. So it can be because when you cook up the, that, that, that borscht and you add the wine to it, it loses, uh, it dissipates and the alcohol content vanishes. So, um, and sheikhar is something alcoholic. So obviously it can't be that. Says the Gemara, how do you know? The Dilma perhaps, the Vela Ke'ilis, maybe like these press the dates that come from, from, uh, from a city called Ke'ilis. And what is so special about a city called Ke'ilis that it was... Um, that it was actually quite intoxicating because there's an opinion that said these figs. There's an opinion that says that if somebody ate these pressed figs from uh, this town of Kielis, he drank pure honey, the cholov and pure milk, not homogenized, and then you walk into the base of Migdish, and we're learning more Christians also if you make rulings, you make rulings, is chayiv, that you're liable, you're not allowed to. In other words, it doesn't have to, we're not talking here about a drinking wine, we're talking about uh, food. And that's why the trader says don't eat. So how do you know, the question goes back, how do you know that drinking is included in eating? And since this, and this opinion here who holds Hollywood, Bailey Keelis, actually holds that, it, that, that drinking is not eating. Here it says Sheikhar. And by nozir, it says also the word sheikhar. And what do we know about a nozir? The only thing about a nozir is he's not allowed to drink wine. Is ma'alahalan yain, it means wine. Afkan, over here too, it means yain, means two wine as well. And the only way you can get drunk by wine is by drinking it. So if you cooked it, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be, you wouldn't be high. That's it. So. Yeah, it's daf yomi bin. That's the passcode. Yeah. Okay. Uh, says the Gemara. Um, and with uh, so what do you tell me that Tiddish is Khamru? You tell me that the word Tiddish means wine? But Tanya, didn't we learn by mice it says Vitidish, and you said it means wine. We learned if somebody makes a vow that I'm going to abstain from Tiddish, what does it mean? Also, anything sweet, fruits or anything else that's sweet, he's not allowed to eat. But Mutabiyai, clearly you're allowed to drink wine, permitted wine, which shows, demonstrates that the word Tiddish does not mean wine, it means something sweet. Says the Gemara back, Gemara retort. Are you telling me the lav chamro? Are you going to tell me that tiddush does not even mean wine? Whether you mix it with food or not, but you tell me it doesn't mean wine at all. Voxie, there's a passage where it says that the tiddush, you know what tiddush accomplishes? It shakes, it, it opens up. Sulas literally means a virgin. That means your secrets that you've kept dormant or concealed inside you. Um, when you drink wine, it loosens your lips. So uh, we see, and this can only apply that it only apply to wine. So obviously it means wine, not other fruits. What do you, what do you tell me? We have a problem with that mission of Durham, but don't go and tell me that. The, so we need to understand that mission, but don't tell me that tears does not mean wine. Says you want to know? Maybe tears does not mean wine. And it, it means only Dover habomin had tears in Maybe. What's the, what, what's the page, please? What page is it? Oh. So, uh, somebody please tell them. 76 page one. 
So the Gemara says, no, maybe Tiddush means sweet fruits, including grapes. Sorry? Maybe it means including grapes. And, uh, and, and it means you know, that something that comes from grapes loosens your lips. It also has this ability, but it's not referring to wine. It's talking about sweet fruits. So who told you that Tiddush means wine? Says the Gemara, it can't be Voxi with a passage where it says the tirosh kavecha, the tirosh that fills your vat, which sitting right in front of your graves, Yifreitzu will spill over the vat. Obviously, we're talking about wine spilling over. We're talking about wine here. So it's clearly that tirosh means wine. You don't put in the vat. You don't place in the vat the grapes. You place in the vat wine. Says the Gemara. Now again, dava min haba min wine which comes from grapes, will eventually overflow your vat. But the pasuk, when it says tiddush, it means grapes. It's referring to the wine that emanates from these grapes. That a squeeze out of the grapes will, will overflow from your vat. But we're still talking about grapes. Says the Gemara, doesn't it say in the pasuk, znus v'yayin v'tiddush, these are terrible things that, that, that lead people astray. Znus, or yayin wine v'tiddush, Two different kinds of wine, new and old wine. Yikachle, steal your heart. And we're not talking about grapes here. Grapes doesn't do have that effect. We're talking about wine. You're right. Kiddush is wine. So now we have a difficulty. If Kiddush is wine, and then our difficulty is, and we the only thing is we thought that Kiddush may be that you you mix it into a bush. So we said we have a Shaba, Sheikha, Sheikha from Nazir and all that, what it means. But our question now is: so how do you explain that mission of Durham? It says if you make a nether, you'll abstain from tirosh, you'll permitted to drink wine, but you're forbidden to eat sweet fruits. How can that be? Answers the Gemara, tirosh is wine. When it comes to vows, we're talking about the vernacular of people. It seems that people, when they use, they wouldn't use the word tirosh for wine. They would use the ayin. If they use, or sheikha, if they use the word tirosh, they actually meant something else. Not what the Torah means, but they meant sweet fruits. So therefore, for them, wine is permitted. But they were not looking at the Torah's definition of these words, looking at how people understood it. Says the Gemara, why is wine sometimes called yayin and sometimes it's called tirosh? So we answer, it's called yayin shemevi yalala, wine causes people to go astray and to whinge and cry out because people do things that they shouldn't be doing and because what happens is that then people go astray and uh, maybe even commit uh, become, uh, adultery and so on and this results in a terrible um, punishment for themselves and for for the wider world if there's um promiscuity and so on immorality and debauchery and tirosh and what's Tirish? Call him is boy. Anybody who's too involved with Tirish, Tirish is the word rush, poverty. Nasirosh, he becomes destitute because he can't think straight and he drinks. If he overdrinks and he inebriates, then he makes these bad decisions and so on. And that's why sometimes we refer to it as Yayin and sometimes we were Tirish. Tirish is two words. To he, rush. You will become poor. I've kind of actually based on that. I've kind of Romeo. I've kind of asked a question. See, it's written T Rush. You read it T Rush, but Karinan, how do we write read it T Rush? So we we I both may. agree that the word T means to he. You I should lost be the voice. You should be. So either to he rush or to he rush. 
Zacha, if you merit, then, in other words, you drink, you, you drink in nominal amounts. If you drink in nominal amounts, it's a good thing. Then Nasarish, you'll become a, a, a leader because, in fact, if you drink a little bit, it's healthy. It, it opens up your mind. It opens your heart. And you become much more intuitive. Loizach, if you drink over an abundant amount, then Nasarish, you become impoverished and destitute. Rami, another question was asked. Sivan says in one passage it says that Yishamach, we, so we read it as if it's written Yishamach with a shin, which means like to destroy. But the Karina, we read it Yismach. So which one is the wine makes you happy? So which one is it? Like same thing. Zacha, if you're Zeche, Misamcha. If you're Zeche, if you drink with, in moderation, then it makes you happy. Loizacha, if you don't drink in moderation, then Mishamach. It makes you, it devastates you and breaks you. Behind the Rabbah, Rabbah once said, Chamra, drinking wine in moderate, in, in, the, in moderate amounts. The rechani and smelling nice psalmim. Pakhin makes somebody intelligent, opens your mind. If you go to Sfarjah Shul, they constantly bring, say, passing around these myrtles and these things to make brachas and psalmim. It also gets you more involved in your davening. It opens you up. Okay, so now we've discussed that drinking is part of eating. Now we're going to go through the different inuyim, the different deprivations. How do we know that they're considered inuy, an affliction? That, Number that, one. Is that why they have a shmek tabak during davening? Uh, okay, yep. Yes. Rechitza, um, um, bathing yourself and vesicha and smearing yourself. So how do you know that if, if you deny yourself those things, it's considered um, an inuy? Says the Gemara, the Ikra inuy it's called inuy. The Chizim it says a pasuk, lechem chamudas loy achalti. That he said there, that Daniel said that um, after that the king decided not to allow the base of yeah, Midrash to be built. Let me Lechem chamudas loy achalti. Number I three is not, mute. Now you can hear me. Yeah. See? Well, but then you go back to the shul, turns the sound on and off. Okay, then the third button. Please mute that. That's okay. it. Please mute it. Okay. No, mute, 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 Ben. Ben. Watch it with my mother. She fixed it. That he said, Daniel said, I did not eat um, bread that was very tasty or that was very desirable. Or boss of a yain pi, I did not eat meat or drink wine. And then it says, nor did I anoint myself. And, and, and that's what Daniel said but when he heard. We'll soon see how we know this is considered an affliction. When, he, when the king changed his mind, so for weeks, he uh, decided to deny himself all of these things. My What's this desirable bread that he's referring to? Even bread that was made out of fine flour, he didn't eat meat and wine is much more considered denial than bread. Uh, of, you know, of, that he, but nevertheless, he denied that as well. Manol on the chashuk inuy. So how do you know that it's considered an inuy? Says the Gemara. How do you know that what do you call smearing yourself, anointing yourself, is considered an inuy, an affliction? Says the Gemara. See what says. Says in the pasuk that the Malach said to him, "Al tiro Daniel." Gabriel said to him, "Don't worry." From the very first moment that you decided, you decided to apply your heart to to understand that you decided to um, to deny yourself 
and to deprive yourself before Hashem. Nishmudarecha, we heard you loud and clear. In fact, because of you, I was able to come back, as the model explained to Marco. So, and therefore, he's, he's explained to him, he called the least anus, you deprived yourself, and he said over there, he didn't eat meat, didn't drink wine, didn't eat bread, and the last thing he said was, I didn't anoint myself, and all of those come under the banner of least anus, that's how we know that anointing yourself, sicha, is considered an inui, a deprivation, an affliction. So he wanted Ashkan, okay, so all you know from here is sicha, that smearing yourself, anointing yourself, is, if you deny yourself that, is considered an inui. But the chitzminol, how do you know that bathing yourself and denying yourself that bathing is considered in there as well? It says the Pasik came like water inside him. It says until him, but Tove came like water inside him, and like oil and like oil around his bones on his outside. So what you see from here that the oil is smearing itself. And the water is bathing itself. So we're comparing Rechitza to Sikha. Says the Gemara, how do you know on the contrary? It says, Bekir Boy. Sounds like we're talking about someone who drinks water. That drinking water is like anointing yourself, not somebody who's bathing themselves. So the Gemara, maybe it means like drinking water. That uh, is talking about drinking, not about bathing. Says the Gemara, it says in the Pasik, we're comparing water. Bikirbai to oil on his bones. And just like the oil is talking about outside, you anoint yourself on the outside. So therefore, and no, but over time it gets absorbed internally. Same thing is by bathing yourself. When you bathe yourself, you, you know, your skin absorbs the water. Do me the shaman. Mashem of the outside, of my also on the outside. Says the mother. We another brace precisely the opposite. brings it the other way around. Now There is a how do you know? We use this very pasik not to teach you that bathing is like anointing, but we ask over there, how do you know anointing is forbidden on Yamtiv? You said a story from Daniel. This other brace says, I don't have a def- definite proof. I have a zeichi because you can argue. You can argue doesn't mean necessarily drinking. It could also mean bathing, but it could mean drinking. And maybe it does mean kusetbikirboy. And just like drinking, that oil anointing is just like drinking. So we see that actually this brace understood is drinking water, not bathing yourself. So my question goes back. How do you know that you're not allowed to bathe yourself on Yom Kippur? And you said you compare it to, by this passage, use this passage to compare it to anointing. Maybe the passage which says, Mayim Kippur is referring to drinking, like this Bryce actually says. Hello, Marabashi. Lechitza, bathing, megufe de I'm not, I'm not drawing any parallelism. In that very passage, it says, in that passage, when Daniel is describing what he did, he said, that uh, I did not, uh, anointing, I didn't anoint myself. He says, Why does he have to say, It's superfluous. He could have just said, What's Because of it's extra to tell you what, also bathing. V'soich is bathing. Bathing or anointing, I didn't do. Now the more a question, we're digressing. Let's understand the posse by Daniel. Gabriel says, I came back because of you. Gabriel says, I came back because of your word. It says, what happened? It says, There were 70 people. The Eden went off the way and they were worshiping idols. It says there were 70 elders. And one of them was the Yazniah ben Shafan, Aymed Betechem. 
he's a known person then, he stood amongst them, standing before them, each person had their victorious, their incense, and they had over there that, and the, 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 the cloud of the Titus went up, and so this is what's happening here in the base of Migdash, they were worshipping some kind of an idol, and then it says, and he stretched out his hand, and he schlepped me with the hair from my head, Gabriel's describing this, they lifted me up in the, in, in the space, somewhere between heaven and earth, they then brought me to Yerushalayim, the Maris Elikim, and I had this um, these visions of, of Hashem of Pesach Shara Pinimis. I was by, I was brought into the inner gate. I was brought into the inner gate into the base into the courtyard of the base of Migdash that was facing the north side. Asher Sham over there. Moshe was the seat of some all of the of the sign of Hakina Bahamikna of jealousy and, 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 and anger. They brought me there. Broken into the courtyard and inside, in a pasach heichel Hashem, the doorway to the heichel beino ulum ubeina mizbech between the antechamber. There were another group of people. Keesim bechamish ish. There were twenty-five people standing there. This is the vision that he had. Hashem. Their backs was facing the the heichel, the, the, the holy room there. Upneim kedma, and their faces were facing east to the entrance. And they were worshipping, standing in the base of Middash. They turned their back to the Heichel and they were facing the doorway to the east and they were worshipping the sun. Before we move on, it says that they were facing eastwards by the base of Middash. And obviously the back was to the Heichel. What does it mean when he says that the backs was to the Heichel? It means the backside. They were defecating um, the backs towards the Heichel. And they were defecating right there on the floor. Your nation, they went astray. We need to punish them. Why don't we just allow the good people to stay alive? I will burn the people, the bad people, but also the good ones. If you remember the Gemara on Shabbos, we had that one, hey, this similar Gemara there. And there Hashem says, in fact, not only am I going to punish the good people, they're going to be punished first. Because they had the ability to stop them. They should have condemned them. They should have been moichef. We should have protested. And they didn't. So they're not only they're culpable, but in a way they're worse because they knew that was wrong. They should have said something. The Yad, right away, by Yemen, they said, they said to the person who was wearing white, which is Gavriel. They turned to Mala Gavriel. The Yemen said, "Boy, Elbinois like Galgal, El Tachas the crew. I want you to go to these different chambers and different malachim there that are standing, and I want you to go to them and right there in between those two places. I'm just finishing the story here, and fill your fistfuls with coal. Between the Kruvimde and the Zoraik Alair, and I want you to throw it on the city and decimate the entire city. That was Gabriel's task. Gabriel's task was to go personally and collect the coal and throw the line because they deserve to be punished. I, um, and, and, and that's what Abish expected from Gabriel. So it says in the Pasik, um, 
and uh, Gabriel says, "Me, it came to me before my eyes, and I had to do this." <laughs> um, so what happened was, he, Gabriel was instructed to take the coal himself, but he didn't. He instead instructed Kruv, "Take your hand and He said to him, "I want you." To take, he told the Chorubim, said, I want you to take the coal and give it to me. So he went and he, and he placed it into the Chofni, into the hands that were um, put together, Lova Shabbatin, to the one who was dressed in limbs, Gabriel. It took six years before he took the coal. In the meantime, the coal was not in that room, it was in the hands of the Chorubim, so it cooled down substantially. I, um, Gabriel had not cooled down during those six years from when it was taken from that chamber and given place in the hands of Gabriel. There would not have been a remnant left of any Eden. Whenever the Gemara wants to say something terrible against the Eden, they use the expression, those who hate the Eden. They didn't want to use a negative expression about the Bnei Yisrael. So if the, the coal would have gone straight from that chamber into the into Shalim, it would have destroyed your Shalim. See when it says that Hine Ish, it was that person, that person was dressed in white linen again, which is Gabriel, that he had the kesses on his, uh, on his hips and his loins. And he answered Lehman the following He said to Hashem, I did what you told me. You told me to get the call, I did. said, But on that moment, they took out Gavriel from behind the curtain, and they 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 used a whip and they slapped him. Sixty times they whipped him with a whip of fire. And and, and here we see that Malachim have a little bit of a free choice because they didn't then why would he be punished? And look what he did. He didn't actually carry out the instructions that Hashem gave him. Amrulay, they said to they said to him. If he wouldn't have done anything at all, we would have said, well, maybe you're waiting, he will do tshuva, maybe Hashem will calm down. But now that you carry out instructions and you deviated from what you were told, why didn't you carry out instructions precisely the way you were told? And that's number one. Number two. You did this, Lesler. Don't you know that Don't you know you're not supposed to bring bad news? Remember, you had the of Gimel Beza in the bottom. You know, you don't. You shouldn't be a bearer of bad news. Why do you come back and 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 tell us that you carried out this terrible thing that you destroyed your shrine? We think we're happy you destroyed your shrine. We had no choice. You didn't have to come back and tell us the terrible news. So therefore, and um, and the, the story continues. I guess I'll let you continue tomorrow. But Gabriel was punished, and they found a replacement for him, as we'll see tomorrow in the Gemara. This is all a digression from the Daniel. We're trying to learn out the five Inuyim. How do you know that Sicha and Rechitza are considered uh, Inuyim deprivations or afflictions? Anyway, everyone have a Shavuot Tov. Good luck. Shavuot Tov.